Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. Tomorrow, the book we've all been waiting for, How to Kill Your Family by Bella Mackey, comes out in the UK. So we're going to delve into it today, but don't worry, it'll be spoiler-free as always. And you might remember how excited we were to receive our early copies back on our summer Recos episode. So fasten your seatbelts, everyone, we're going in. Right, let's get straight in. Lauren, hit it with the synop. Grace has killed six family members without being caught, but now she's in prison for a murder she didn't commit. Exciting news, guys. We've got a little snippet of the audiobook to share with you to show you just how deliciously sinister this book is. Despite my crimes, I'm told I've received letters by the sackful, professing love, admiration asking me where I bought the dress I wore on the first day of my trial. Roxander, if you're interested. That terrible Prime Minister's wife wore something very similar just a month later, unfortunately. Often hate mail. Sometimes mad shit where the writer thinks I've been sending them messages through the air. People seem to really wish to know me, to impress me, to emulate me. If not in my actions, then at least in my sartorial choices. It matters not, since I don't ever read any of it. My lawyer scoops it all up and takes it away. I've no interest, really, in what I represent to strangers sad enough to put pen to paper and write to me. Perhaps I'm being too kind to the general public, ascribing to them a more complex set of emotions than they deserve. Maybe the reason for such sustained and frenzied interest in my case is best ascribed to Occam's razor, the theory that the simplest answer is usually the correct one. In which case, my name will live on long after I am dead for the most prosaic reason of all, merely because the idea of a love triangle seems so dramatic and grubby. But when I think about what I actually did, I feel somewhat sad that nobody will ever know about the complex operation that I undertook. Getting away with it is highly preferable, of course, but perhaps when I'm long gone, someone will open an old safe and find this confession. The public would reel, After all, almost nobody else in the world can possibly understand how someone, by the tender age of 28, can have calmly killed six members of her family and then happily carried on with the rest of her life, never to regret a thing. How frigging good does that sound? I mean... We did briefly chat about this book in our Summer Records episode. If you haven't listened to that, then go and give it a listen. Um, And I'm so glad I enjoyed it as much as I expected to when I was squealing about it in that episode. Lauren, did you enjoy it? I bloody loved it. I found it a little bit challenging to get into because I think I've said this to you already. There's a lot of words and not a huge amount of like paragraphs to bake break the text yeah, they're up. long paragraphs and long paragraphs and long, chapters. and long chapters so I didn't really feel like I could race through it but I couldn't put it down I needed to know what happened like you said it's just so sinister and it's really humorous as well she's a really dark character but also just a millennial like us and like enjoys the same things that we enjoy and doesn't really buy into the whole 
um, serial killer vibe, as you might expect. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's not a traditional serial killer. No, she's quite surprising. Oh, it's so great. So this is actually my um, first Bella Mackie book. She's best known for her book, Jog On, which I think a lot of people expect me to have read because of my marathon training. But it's very heavily associated with mental health. And for some reason, I find those books quite anxiety-inducing, even though it's not the point of them. However, I know about the how she's written that book mm. and that she's a really keen runner. So I was not surprised <laughs> that she frequently mentions running in this book and Grace, the protagonist, runs off her anger and nerves. Um, there was a quote where she literally says, where is it? Um, Lady Macbeth sleepwalks trying to scrub imaginary blood from her hands. I run for miles in any direction away from my crimes. Yeah, it doesn't take a therapist, thank you. I loved those <laughs> remarks throughout the book. Like, yeah, I know. A therapist would like have a field day on me, but she's like, I'm aware of it. So I really loved like those little digs to the to the reader. Yeah, she's just so sassy. Grace is the ultimate sass queen, but to herself. Like she'd never say her sassy comments out loud. They're just Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, she just quietly um is rude about everyone. Absolutely. I felt actually personally victimised by her at multiple points in the book. (laughs) Like, she's just so rude and catty, but so to the point and gets the nail on the head to pin down really specific character traits. Um, And I think she, like, takes the piss out of people who live in Clapham and have dreamcatcher tattoos and, you know, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. She did. I was actually going to text you at the time and I was like, I'll save it for the pod because she literally talked about me at one point I don't know if you noticed the quote is (laughs) she's describing um her best friend Jimmy's type as carries jute bags that had independent bookshop logos on them and work for charities yeah that's me (laughs) luckily she went on to say that they wear glasses and hoop earrings and I still don't have my ears pierced but then she said likes a cup of tea intensely intensely and it brought it back around to me again yeah so I'm Jimmy's type (laughs) I quite like Jimmy to begin with Mm-mm-mm. say no more <laughs> um so big question then did you like our protagonist grace yes i was really rooting for her like mm, <laughs> she's clearly a psychopath um and actually oh i really wish i had my copy of john ronson's the psychopath test because we could have done it on grace <laughs> sidebar that's a really great book that's a reco i won't talk about it too much in detail now but it's really cool it's a um, piece of non-fiction but yeah i thought the way that Bella Mackey writes this raging psychopath with who holds a grudge to oh, be yeah. so likable. Like, why was I rooting for her so much? Same. And even even at the beginning, we know she's in prison. It starts with her yeah. in prison. So I'm like, oh god, I know this goes wrong, but I don't want it to go wrong. I want her to, you know, succeed in this, which is really twisted and quite um clever of Bella Mackie being able to like get us so on board with yeah. such a yeah disgusting main character so despite the fact that she um victimized you Regina George style mm. do you like her do I like her I I think I do I think yeah. she doesn't she like tries not to go with the crowd which yeah but not in an annoying way you know some people purposely don't like popular things to be cool she just literally doesn't care for it yeah she just doesn't give a shit but she also likes quite um luxurious brands and clothing and and all of that and yeah i don't know i just i did really like her and i felt sorry for her 
um, her upbringing. I did too. I was really pleased when she kind of, like, that her adult life, despite being a killer, was better than, like, when she grew up with her mum. Totally. I actually found it really interesting that there was so much privilege in the book. Like, she, um, the family that she kills is all mega rich. Mm. And she also comes across another family who are really well to do as well. I wondered, like, why she thought about that putting that in the book because it kind of added to the story but then also like they didn't need to be um what does she i can't remember what the phrase is but like well off left lefties or something mm. i think because she was so incentivized by money as well yeah it was a big i think she just felt very hard done by with by the cards that she was given when she was born True. that she felt she deserved a more luxurious life than the one she had yeah this is okay so when i was reading i was like oh grace really reminds me of the protagonist um in how to kidnap the rich by rahul rayner and actually the book is it's not the same at all but in that book the protagonist we look back on his upbringing the same way that we looked back on grace's upbringing so um ramesh is the protagonist in how to kidnap the rich and his um he's bitter from his upbringing much like Mm. grace um and he narrates with like a really blunt anger a lot like grace and as a result there's um lots of funny one-liners and comments on the modern world um the the plot of that book is i mean hard to summarize but i right so i just before i read the book i'd watched the netflix documentary about the college scandal have you watched it yeah i have so for anyone that hasn't it's this guy in america who basically gets people to sit exams for rich people's kids and like photoshops them into pictures to get them sports scholarships it's mental go and give that a watch but essentially it's what happens to Rahul he sits the exams and then he gets the highest score in India for this dumb kid he and it propels this dumb kid to fame and so he blackmails the family into becoming his manager (laughs) that sounds really immense it is it's it's really good and I enjoy it like but my favourite bit about it was actually the upbringing in India rather than the, like, crimes. Because, like, it gets a bit crazy. There's um, mm. just a lot of kidnappings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is kind of your genre to a T, isn't it? Well, we all know how much I love Finley Donovan is killing it. Yeah. I don't stop talking about it. Yeah, so that that book is another one that I think is totally different. Like, the mate, the... The main character who commits the crimes doesn't set out to do them and isn't sinister or like happy to be committing her crimes but it's still very funny and it's still crime there's all the tense moments but also the laughter so that's Finley Donovan is killing it is by El Cosimano and Finley Donovan (laughs) Finley Donovan's killing it but actually she's not she's a stressed out single mum of two and a struggling novelist and her life is just in chaos. The new book she's promised her literary agent isn't written and her ex-husband fired the nanny without telling her. And the book starts on a morning where she's sent her four-year-old to school with her hair duct taped to her head. Hair duct taped to her head um, after <laughs> her kid cuts her <laughs> cuts its hair. So she's she goes to meet her agent anyway and she, someone else overhears their discussion and she ends up getting mistaken for a hit woman oh yeah and but because she like because she's a single mom and she's really struggling she like kind of struggles to say no to this lump sum of money and she ends up people pleaser (laughs) she ends up being um 
a hit woman jokes but like the whole time she's very she just wants out and she just wants to like get it done with and like they have to like bury a body and then like maybe people are going to dig it up like it's so tense but so funny the whole time like the whole time she's still got to like do the school run and look after her kids that sounds so funny and I still to this day whenever anyone mentions that book I still think about your Instagram picture of it just nailed it that is I killed it you might say (laughs) I um I think it's one of my proudest moments of my life (laughs) my whole life that picture (laughs) I'll share it on our stories maybe the day that we release this yeah um and good news there's a sequel yeah she's confirmed it's called Finley Donovan knocks them dead jokes and I'm so in loving that pun yeah oh 10 out of 10 I might reread it does sound amazing and i am i do have a little bit of fomo that i haven't read it thanks mate um so we've discussed a lot in the past about how much i bloody love a crime novel because when i was growing up i did used to want to be a detective (laughs) do you remember those days i i feel like you still do a bit i still do a little (laughs) bit just a little bit and it was like my password to everything was my favorite fictional detective yeah Yeah. Uh, (laughs) i'm not going to say it out loud because it might still be my password for a few things um but it doesn't always have to be serious all the time and that's what i love about this genre like recently learning or reading these books that have just been a little bit more playful with the storylines and i had a great time reading the marlowe murder club by robert Thurgood and it's about Judith Potts who's this 77 year old woman and she's a bit of a local legend in the town of Marlow because she's become known for being this really abrupt eccentric eccentric woman who rides her bike about town without a care in the world and um, a bit like Olive Kitteridge you might say um, and Judith sort of fills her days, you know, creating crosswords for the times which is a pretty cool job when you think about yeah, it. I couldn't do that you know and wait and she sort of waits for her whole day is built around when is an acceptable time to start drinking scotch and on one summer evening she goes out swimming in the nude i might add in the local um river in the thames and she overhears the scene of a very brutal murder but the police wrongly assume that it's a suicide and Judith sort of takes the investigation into her own hands and she's joined forces with Susie and Bex who also live in the in the neighborhood and they're on a mission to solve not one but in the end three murders it all gets a bit much gets a bit wild I loved it one I need to meet Judith she sounds excellent (laughs) right up your two Lauren do you know who recoded this recently on their Instagram I do not Tov Oh, okay, listeners, in lockdown, me and Lauren have become obsessed with watching Georgia Toffolo's IGTVs. <laughs> if you haven't watched them, go and watch them. She'll like she'll like do a makeup tutorial or she'll try on loads of outfits, but they are chaotic. Like she'll There's... poke herself in the eye or <laughs> swing a shoe into her head or... and she doesn't edit it out. <laughs> I love it so much and I do think that we've made, now lockdown's finished, that they might go a little bit more like normal I don't want that I don't want that either because she used to like put together like 
just outfits for fun in her dressing room at home and Jess and I would screenshot them because she'd be asking like is this a vibe like I'm kind of feeling it and it would be the most tragic outrageous outfit that is just not a vibe or she'd put like she'd have outfits laid out and then only once you'd put them on she'd be like does this even go? And, <laughs> and didn't edit it out. Like, that's what I can't believe. Yeah, there was a couple where she'd be like, guys, this doesn't go. But she I, keeps it in. And I, I love it. love it. I love it so much. So yeah, we, we are now obsessed getting with off, Getting off track here, aren't we? <laughs> um, but give her a follow. We've also recorded her book, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, Meet Me in Hawaii. Well, that makes sense because it's a fun book. So I feel like Toph would love it. Yeah. Um, and it's no surprise. So I knew I'd love Judith, the main character, as soon as I virtually or whatever it was, met her on the first page uh, because she was drinking scotch and wearing a cape um, oh with nothing God. underneath. She just gets better. Not a button, just in the nude wearing a cape, which is just her. fucking brilliant. <laughs> um, and she's about to go skinny dipping. So in many ways, she reminded me, as I've said, of Olive Kitteridge, um, for anyone who's a fan of Elizabeth Strout's Marmite protagonist. Um, and the story was just so far-fetched and ludicrous that it worked. And it yeah. was just so funny. And I... I you know I just gobbled it all up really and it was really refreshing to read a mystery novel from a new perspective one that's not you know this hard-hitting detective and very serious and you know very driven by their job but actually a 77 year old woman and not a detective at all so lots of lovable characters in there and lots of light-hearted drama I still find it really interesting that that book came out around a similar time as Richard Osman's Thursday Murder Club. Yeah, I find that wild. They're Another. such similar names. They're both about old people doing crimes and the books are both red. It blows my mind. <laughs> but it's really good. So the book is set in a middle-class retirement village where Elizabeth, Joyce, Ron and Ibrahim form the Thursday Murder Club to discuss unsolved crimes However, when a murder occurs closer to home, they find themselves investigating a live case and use every trick up their sleeves to solve it. And like literally every trick. Like there's quite a few times where they like play on being old to get um, like clues and evidence. (laughs) And I love it. Love that. Why wouldn't you? Right? Um, So this is another book with elderly characters that I love. How many episodes of the podcast have I managed to say that? And now I feel like all but maybe one. I think I love it. <laughs> it's um, it's it's kind of slow paced, but like I feel like it works because it's mm. predominantly set in a retirement village. So I feel like that's fine for it to be like that. Um, I just love the characters. I want to be Elizabeth, and there were so many points where they were just had me giggling. So Joyce has a little diary she keeps, and at the time it really made me laugh. So I've got the quote ready. <laughs> Still gives me a little chuckle. So this is Joyce. She says. I haven't been to Ashford International, but I doubt a station would have international in its name and not have an M&S. Maybe even an Oliver Bonus. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I love been her. There. They're all so middle class and I just love them. Um, and there's going to be a sequel. And I've actually got an so early copy. Exciting. I'm actually losing my mind. And it's called The Man Who Died Twice. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I'm buzzing for that. We watched him speak at the Penguin Summer we did at their summer event mm. virtual guys don't worry yeah and it it sounded brilliant so and he excited. he by all means 
sounds as though he's really shocked by just how much this book has been loved and yeah. adored by bookstagram all over yeah well it's the cat it's genuinely the characters you can't not yeah. love them they're so, so high hopes for the next book so how to kill your family let's loop it back is it a echo from you one hundo it's a reco from me. Is it a reco from you? It's a hands down reco. Guys, me. it's a book reco. <laughs> <laughs> so it comes out well. On the day we release this episode, it will come out in the UK the next day. So if you're listening to this later, it's out. Go buy it. Woohoo! Lucky you guys. Lauren, what are you currently reading? Um, actually, just this morning, I started. The Lock-In by Phoebe Luckhurst. Oh, I've, I've just finished it. Oh, have you? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm only, I'm lit, I'm like just a couple of page, a couple of chapters in. And I'll read the blurb. So it says, after Ellen stumbles downstairs to discover the kitchen is flooded, the housemates find themselves in the attic, desperate to cut the water supply. But when... Ben, Alexa's date from the night before, accidentally breaks the door handle. All four of them are trapped. So cue the worst ever morning after the night before, especially when Ellen becomes convinced she knows Ben from somewhere. Dot, dot, dot. So I am just at the part where the attic door has just closed and they've realised they're locked in. Which, by the way, happened to me once. What? Yeah. In an attic? Not in an attic, in my Wendy house, in my old house. <laughs> I was like, tw- uh, Your 10? Wendy house had a lock on it? Yeah. A, a little lock outside, not inside. But basically, <laughs> I was in there with my, my brother, my cousin Luke, and my dad. And all day, me, Chris, and Luke had been experimenting on how we can lock ourselves in from the inside just for like I don't know as you do when you're like 10 right and then my dad came in to give us lunch and then my brother Chris was like dad look what we learned to do and then showed my dad how he can lock our he can lock us in so we were then trapped in the Wendy house for like four hours at least you had an adult with you we (laughs) were in there for like four hours because my mum was out shopping so, and it was really hot. It was a summer day. We were trapped in this Wendy house. Why did you just kick the door down? It's only a Wendy house. But it was like a proper, like, shed Wendy house. Like, it was wooden. Yeah. It would have broken. Down, exactly. It would have broken. <laughs> so we just, we just had a little afternoon in there. And in the got sauna. very claustrophobic, yeah. Let's write a book about that, shouldn't I? Is, you should. <laughs> yeah, you could call it the lock-in. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> um, so what are you reading, Jess? Oh, you'll be pleased to know what I'm currently reading. Um, this is a book that I bought for 50p in a car park. Oh, I know what book. Yeah. Someone just had a table of books out and I was like, yeah, all right. I've been wanting to read this one for a really long time, but it's just one of those ones that you just forget to buy or like, you know, it's been out for so mm. long that why would you buy it new? You'd always get it secondhand. So anyway, it's One Day by, what the hell is his name? Is it David, David Nichols? Nichols? There yeah. we go. Um, which I know so well I know so many people love it because I put up my bargain on our stories and got an unruly amount of messages of people (laughs) being like this is my favourite book and I was like oh my god I feel like I have to love it now I know there's a lot of pressure Um, and I started reading it because I know the book is set on the 15th of July each year so I was like oh it's 15th of July I'll start it today love that Um, 
this book I read years ago now, but I read it because my parents' friends read it and were like, oh, this is such a beautiful book. Um, it's all about like friendship and how your friendships sort of progress over the years. So then all of my parents, my parents' friends read it. I just think that's Aww. so sweet. And then I read it um, and I really, yeah, I did love it. Yeah. So it's, um, it's the same day each yeah. year yeah. and like you revisit these two characters on this one day one day hey name of the book <laughs> see what they did there um, and I hear there's a film I feel like I've been very out of the loop because I didn't even realise it was a film either Anne Hathaway Anne Hathaway mm. is it an American film then no she plays a northern lass northern her accent in it is absolutely appalling I wish they just kept her as a British accent because it, she sort of like goes in and out of a northern accent it's really bad why do always do that um, but it's a very good film it's worth a watch okay. after you finish the book obviously. obviously okay I'm excited I really hope it lives up to the hyped up messages in our yeah ideas. I just think it's quite an endearing book it's oh okay I'm up for that not hugely eventful that's fine by me yeah I don't need an eventful book I just no. need characters that I love yes yeah yeah I'd be interested to know what you make okay of I think I'm on page 150-ish okay I can't remember it's quite what a chunky book isn't it I think I'm around 1993 in the current bit oh. of the story if that means anything to you it sounds like you read it years ago so I'd be surprised if you remember it means nothing year. to me but I, I kind of know what the vibe of 1993 was like so I can kind of see right. what era they were in right, right. sort of disco time disco time <laughs> is that what you're calling that year it's the year you were born maybe it is I kind of know what he gets up to though in the 90s so I'm like okay I, I guess that's you're right it you're is at. disco time tell you tell we're giving you a chance to win a July Books That Matter box which has a dystopian Herland theme it's full of gorgeous goodies and a copy of The Mercies by Kieran Millwood Hargrave there are two ways to enter. If, like me, you get your podcast on Apple, then subscribe, leave a rating and review, and make sure you use your Instagram handle as your nickname on the review. If, like me, you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, then follow the podcast and share a screenshot on your Instagram stories and tag at BookRepo so you can count your entry that way. Entries for the July blocks are open until Monday the 26th of July, and the winner will be announced on our Instagram on Wednesday the 28th of July. Remember, if you're listening to this at a later date, then you won't be entered into this month. But good news, it's a monthly competition so we'll enter you into the current month's box thank you so much for listening we'll see you next week